What is up, boys and girls? Welcome back to yet another episode of the What You Think Podcast. A podcast that only mothers could love. (laughs) Yeah, so this is episode 34. (laughs) Uh, As always, I'm your host, Brandon, and beside me is my illustrious co-host and wife, Chapstick McGee. A lot of dead air there. Was waiting for you to introduce yourself. So, once again, um, being an adult's kind of hard. So, Adoy. we're real busy recently. But, we got a couple good things to talk about this week. And we'll have a couple more good things to talk about next week. And I think that's just how you uh, you pave the road as you go down it. Why are you staring at me like that? I'm just staring into your soul. I want to see how close I can get to you before I can smell your breath. Coffee uh, bread. Ah. Coffee bread. So, on this week's episode of the podcast, we're going to talk about the documentary Dumb, which is the story behind Big Brother Magazine, which was basically the inspiration and kicking off point of the TV series uh, Jackass. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also going to talk about Masterminds, the comedy of Zach Galifianakis, and the horror thriller uh, The Black Coat's Daughter. So, where do you want to jump in at? Uh, let's start off. Let's do Masterminds, Dom Blackcoat. Okay. So, Masterminds is a shitty mouse. That's what it is. Uh, Masterminds is a 2016 action comedy movie. Uh, it's PG-13, and it is 95 minutes long. Um, and it follows a guard at an armored car company in the southern U.S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is worded weird. This is worded weirdly. So I knew what it's about, but let me start over. Anyway, it follows this guy who basically organizes... Scrap the whole episode. (laughs) Shut it down. (laughs) Who organizes one of the biggest robberies in history. American history. Yeah. Um, It's a true story. Based on the October 1997 Loomis Fargo robbery. Yeah. So it's got Zach Galifianakis as your main character... Um, Kate McKinnon's in it, Kristen Wiig, Jason Sudeikis. Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. Yeah, it's got quite a robust comedy cast. Um, so, what'd you think? Um, I actually suggested watching this, which I never do, especially... Because you hate comedies. Especially for comedies. But I was gonna watch it the other night, like, just put it on in the background. And I was like, mm, I don't know, I kinda wanna pay attention to this one. I'm, I don't know what it is about Zach Galifianakis. He's just so stupid. He's not even funny. He just seems so stupid. I have to watch all of his, um, all of his stuff that he does. But, I mean, there were some pretty good gags in it. There, I think Zach Galifianakis' character and Kate McKinnon's character were the funniest part of it. Um, she is as much crap as I give her. She's really funny. She gets really into her characters, but... Kate McKinnon's hilarious. I mean, there's not much you can say about the story. I mean, I've read up on the case, and they took a few artistic liberties, but it seems like a lot of it actually happened. Um, it's the, the comedy. It's normal Zach Galifianakis-type movie comedy. Uh, the plot doesn't move very fast. It's kind of stupid. Um, but the acting in it is great. There's a lot of big name stars in it, and it's light balanced really well, so. Yeah, it's very pretty, especially for being a comedy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just a dopey kind of stupid comedy. Yeah. Um, and it delivers, I think, everything you could want it to deliver. It's directed by Jared Hess, 
who did Napoleon Dynamite, Gentleman Broncos, Nacho Libre. So it fits right in with those. Yeah, I mean, if you like any of those movies, you're gonna get that same kind of tone. Dude, there are people outside the window talking. I know, and this is literally my hell because I woke up to them talking. They've been outside all day, and I'm like, "Fuck off!" I'm just trying to do my podcast. Fuck out of here. All right, so let's go back. to We've got movie. one dedicated woman who likes and listens to every one of these the day they come out. She's gonna be very disappointed with this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I mean, Masterminds is one of those dopey comedies where I don't think anybody was going to see it in theaters, but it's a great Netflix afternoon movie. Yeah. And I, I don't have the energy to go on to my thing about how people should just release these movies <laughs> directly to Netflix. <laughs> what is going on? What is my life? Somebody's outside cleaning the windows to the place I live in right now. Without my knowledge or permission, I don't know these people. I need you to send help. I'm just trying to do my podcast. I need you to send an ambulance. Anyway, um, I don't have the time or the energy to go into this my... This is going to be just such a short podcast. Yeah, direct to Netflix thing that people should be doing um, with movies like this. They're obviously, they're not going to succeed in the box office and you're losing... <laughs> You're losing money whenever you put these in theaters, and you would make more money out of it by just releasing it directly to Netflix. So. Well, yeah, and the issue is, a lot of these people, I'm sure, cost a decent amount of money. So mm-hmm. this goes from a movie that could succeed on Netflix and do very well in the in the home, you know, mm-hmm. um, home rental and home video kind of fuck. It's called market. Um, but because it has all these people and because they try to push it as a motion picture and as a big deal, it doesn't do so well. And people expect more out of it because it's being pushed as, you know, a larger kind of piece. Right. So let's dive right into a review, actually. Um, it's got a 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb and a 47 Metacritic. So it's hitting right in the middle of, it's okay. Yeah. Um, I would say this is... To rate it in terms of things we've talked about already, I think it's way better than Dirty Grandpa. Yeah. I laughed almost the entire time through this. Yeah, Hysterical. you were laughing, like, real hard. Hysterical laughter. It starts off hilarious. Like, there's no downbeats. Well, it's just, I mean, the moment you see Zach Galifianakis <laughs> playing his characters, you know, he does the same sort of character. This dude has weird, like, hair. He has facial <laughs> hair. He's doing this weird, Zach like, a ma- like, a masculine, does like... does the greatest character bits. Yeah. So, I mean, he's got you held in right there. Um, and same with Kate McKinnon. Her character is really great. But the other characters, they're just that there. weird, like, monotone yelling. <laughs> yeah. The other big name characters, they're just, uh, they're just there. Jason Sudeikis' character is kind of funny. But, like, they're all just, they just exist. Yeah. And it's nothing spectacular. So, what would you give it? A four. You'd give it a four? I'd give it a four and a half. Which... Our rating scale we've talked about. Um, let's not talk about this rating scale anymore. I'm fucking tired of talking about it. Let's it's a little more going. strict. Let's keep so, going. Check it out. It's it's good. It's definitely worth an, an afternoon watch. Um, and moving on from that, let's talk about this documentary called Dumb. Okay. And this follows the story of Big Brother Magazine through its rise and fall and basically as a prequel to the TV show Jackass. And Big Brother Magazine was a skateboarding magazine. Um, that came out of the 90s. There were, the end of the late 80s when 
skateboarding was really big. Um, there were the there were two magazines really, Thrasher and what was the other one? Transworld. Transworld. Uh, skating sort of died down in the early nineties, and from this whole like skating rise and fall from the late eighty early nineties, there was like conservative Transworld, Extreme Thrasher. And then Big Brother evolved out of this into its own sort of thing. But basically, yeah, it's about a skating magazine and then Jackass and the people that came out of it. So Yeah, and I don't know how to really f- talk about this. That's what's missing from my desk, my wrestling action figures. Yeah, I packed those away. Oh, man. that's I was like, what's going on here? <laughs> my, I walked in and I was Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I don't really know how to talk too much about this and review it too much. Just because it is not only a documentary, we always struggle with that, but it's also about that type of person and that lifestyle that the Jackass crew lived. And, I mean, before you go in, realize there's going to be bodily functions, there's going to be nudity, Mm -hmm. there's going to be some grotesque shit. Uh, But it's actually one of the most interesting documentaries. Oh, yeah. Because there's this whole thing I didn't know existed at all. Yeah, I had no idea that... Um, the guys from Jack, like, I obviously knew some of them were big deals before, but, like, Chris Pontius, I had no idea, like, how big of a deal he was. I thought he was just, like, a tag-along friend on Jackass, but you get a lot of, um, background to it with this, and, I don't know, this whole culture of skateboarding in the 90s was something that I'm, like, extremely jealous that I didn't get a chance to live through it. Um, my teenage angst years, like, this is what I wanted out of it. Like, I'm so jealous and angry that I didn't get to live through this era. So, it was really cool to be able to see this documentary and get a lot of footage that I've never seen before and stories and behind-the-scenes sort of things. Not necessarily that I wanted to ever be, like, jackass um, in the 2000s, but this whole, like, fuck the, like, patriot Not the patriarchy, but, like, fuck the man kind of thing and just, just like do that, what you want. Just that, like, 90s, like punk era yeah i mean it had the best art it had the best pranks the best like everything coming out of this scene and i just wish that i could have lived through it but say la vie yeah i mean it, it's definitely a really interesting kind of there's a lot of nostalgia if yeah you watch it. and there's a lot of info that i never would have known or wanted to know yeah that's given to you and it's very fast-paced um you know at no point Am I disappointed in this documentary? It's obviously focused on the 90s and a magazine and shitty home footage. So technically, it looks like a piece of shit. Like, it's it's very... Well, when they're showing the videos and the flashbacks, yeah. yeah I mean, it's 90s quality things. Yeah. So, but if you followed, you know, Viva La Bam or Jackass or, or any of that stuff, it's really satisfying to see another side of it. Yeah, and um, I didn't even know that magazines like this were such a big deal. I didn't know the controversies. They're now, like, leaf-blowing outside. I didn't know some of these controversies, but they totally make sense. And some of the stuff that they were running, they would not even run, like, today. Like, you think that the world has gotten a little more okay with some of these things, but they were running some pretty crazy advertisements back then, and they talk about it, you know, in the documentary, but it's just really fascinating and cool coming from a standpoint of looking back and realizing the impact that a dopey magazine about skateboarding could have on pop culture and the way that pop culture and print media has developed into the 2000s. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really cool to see kind of the explosion of some of these characters 
and the fame that they kind of garnished through the stupidity of it all. Um, but overall, I mean, I definitely think if you have Hulu, it should be on your splash page because it just came out. Um, but it's definitely worth the watch. It's super, super interesting, yeah. if nothing else. Um, but yet, you're going to see a lot of human body parts. Mm-hmm. So just be aware of that. Um, it's got an 8.2 out of 10 on IMDb, but it hasn't been out that long, and it only has 12 reviews. Yeah. So, as a documentary, I'm going to give it a 5.5. Really? Because I was going a 7. Really? Mm-hmm. I was thinking a 6, but then I was like, hmm. So I'm going to say 6, actually. I think okay. 6 is fair. So, it's good. I mean, it's really good. I think you guys should check it out. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's not like a life-changing documentary. Like, no. it's not groundbreaking, like, about any natural disasters or true crimes and it's not or anything. An, it's not an HBO documentary. No. Either. That's a big thing, too, is it's not... It, it doesn't have that polished quality and journalistic... But, I mean, the scenes that aren't from the 90s, it, they're really yeah. well-documented interviews. Yeah, it's, it's really just kind of a cool way to see all these characters look back on their life in that era. For sure. So, um, and I... What if they, it's been five hours and they're still outside doing things? I don't know. I don't understand. I don't know. Okay. So, now that we got those out of the way, this is what I'm most excited to talk For about. For real. I'm excited to get to the meat and potatoes of this episode, 13 minutes in, that I bet will go less than 23 minutes. We're down to the business. I know. I like it. Brass tacks, so to say. Sidebar. I've actually always had a question about brass tacks, and I feel like now's the time to bring it up. What's brass tacks? You know, they say getting down to the brass tacks. I've never heard that saying in my life before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For someone who's no nonsense. I've never heard that saying. Anyway, so that's a saying about somebody who's no nonsense. And I was always like, what does that mean? And I started thinking about it. And push pins have that plastic casing around the top of them. And I'm wondering if down to brass tacks means the plain ones that don't have that on that. Because that helps to cushion your finger. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So I'm thinking these people are real no-nonsense. Okay. Anyway, that's definitely a phrase, guys. Tweet at WITshow or email WITshow at gmail.com. Questions, comments, concerns, recommendations. And tell Abigail over here, down to brass tacks is a thing. Okay? Nah. Cool. So, last but certainly not least, and one of the most enjoyable things I've seen in recent weeks, is the Black Coat's Daughter. Which was formerly called February. I don't know why they called it that. Hmm. So, um, this is a horror film from 2015. It's a thriller as well. Uh, R-rated, 93 minutes. Um, and it is on Amazon Prime. So, I'm gonna say 98% of our audience has Amazon Prime. If you don't, you fucking up. Yeah. So. Get to your mom's Amazon Prime account, log in info, and watch it. Yeah, so, this synopsis is... Week AF. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to need you to hit us, hit us with a synopsis, dog. Oh, geez. Okay. So, what appears in this movie? No spoilers. There is a prep-type boarding school, and it's going on a sort of week-long break. There are these two girls here who get left behind for various reasons or whatever. Um, their parents forgot to pick them up. One didn't answer the phone. Yada, yada, yada. So these two girls are left behind at the boarding school for two days until their parents get here. 
they're not related, by the way. That made it seem like it. So two unrelated girls are stuck for unrelated reasons at this boarding school for a few days with, like, a nurse and, like, a headmistress or whatever waiting on their parents. And some creepy stuff starts happening. And then we're also getting glimpses of a third girl who is um, traveling down the road getting into some creepy stuff, too. And it all comes together at the end. Yeah, sidebar, though. Um, one of the issues with, with IMDb is they set the date for when production started, not when the movie was released. Because this, on Netflix, or, or Amazon, says 2017. Mm-hmm. That's because it took 17 months for Avenue 24 to pick this movie up and publish it. Oh. So it is a new movie, even though it doesn't seem like it's a new movie. But yes, great synopsis. It was a little long-winded, but it's a very complex plot the more you get into it. And I was trying to get it down to where it made sense more than two girls face a mysterious evil at a boarding school because that's not what it's about but it kind of is yes but i feel like that synopsis makes it sound less interesting yeah and ultimately kind of spoils the movie yeah in a way um so what'd you think i know you just did the synopsis but no i'm all over this movie i'm actually go ahead you look like you're gonna say something. no 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 i just for the listeners, I'm going to go ahead and preface this by saying, I believe that this movie is in the same vein of The Witch. Yes. The two Vs, The Witch, the movie we love and talk about so often. Yes. Um, the... So I'm just going to scoot this mic over your way. I'm going to sit back and relax. All right. Well, the director of this, I'm sure Brandon will talk about this. Um, what's his name? Oz Perkins. Ving Rams. <laughs> <laughs> Oz Perkins also created the movie for Netflix. Um, I am the pretty thing that lives in the dark. Is that what that's called? That lives in this house. I that believe. lives in something, this house. Something like that. Is that, I am the pretty thing that lives in this house. Um, it's supposed to be in the same sort of style as this movie. I'm really excited to watch it. Cause I watched the trailer on Netflix and I was like, Oh, this seems okay. But now that I've watched this movie, I'm so into this dude, into the stuff that he's making. Um, he's had two films that he's directed. Both of them absolute bangers. Yeah. Um, so this movie is an atmospheric horror movie, which I never knew I liked until I watched this because it has to be done a very specific way. When we were watching this, I said, this is what I wanted the invitation to be like. If anybody has listened to previous podcasts, we did... Um, the invitation on an episode. It's basically a story about a guy who gets invited to his ex-wife's dinner party. Some weird stuff happens. And spoiler it's boring as fuck. It's very boring. I watched it multiple times. I don't know why. I was going through some delusional phase then, I guess. But You were um, like, this movie's good. <laughs> it's just like atmosphere core has to have so many different qualities playing in it to make it good. And this movie has... Every single aspect of horror that makes it good while still drawing out on the thriller, the spooky, the score is fantastic. There's not any jump scares. It keeps you on the edge of your seat. The acting is great. Um, there's some big name actresses in it. Emma Roberts, the girl who plays Kelly Draper, Sally Draper and mm-hmm. Mad Men. Um, I can't pronounce her name because it's foreign as crap. Um, Kieran Oshipko? Yep. And Lauren Holly's in it, and there's a lot of really, um, really great actresses in it. Great acting cast, yeah. great story. Um, I mean, you touched on atmospheric, which is the number one thing. Yeah. Um, and you know, what's so cool about atmospheric is when done well, like The Witch or like this film, 
you know, they become films. They're cinema. They're good. You know, they're 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 great quality. You know, it's something you can sit back and enjoy. Um, you know, when you give a good score, when the shots are well done, when the movie has been thought out, it's layered so well. Yeah. Is what, when it's been what it is done in a in a in a professional manner. It presents itself as a great film. Now, the invitation was so fucking boring because the shots were bland, the score was bland, everything was bland. When you when you have something so strong with the score and the cinematography, I said to you even, you could take the dialogue out of this movie and we would still know what's going on. Yeah. And I feel it would be just as dramatic. Yeah. It's just, it's technically an incredible Film. Um, and similarly with, if we're going to talk about it in line with The Witch, because honestly, like, I want to buy this movie on Blu-ray, I want to keep it forever, I love it so much, um, and I think there's a common theme with this, where it's young women coming of age type stories in horror. I don't know what it is about that that I love so much, but this movie definitely has some um, sexual undertones to it. There's some maybe suppressed uh, homoerotic tensions in this movie. It takes place at a Catholic school, so there's the religion aspect of it. Um, What else was I going to say? Oh, and there's also many different ways to read the overall story. Is it a story about mental illness? Is it a story about demonic possession? Is it this is it that I think that it's open to so many different interpretations and all of them make sense and all of them have a lot of strong evidence that you could support it that way are really what makes it um, not just a good horror movie but a good movie in general because it has so many different doors and ways to read it yeah uh, I'm trying not to spoil it because I I really want to spoil this movie I'm gonna touch ever so slightly on that Um, basically the plot for this and the, the script for this film is very, very impressive. Yeah. It's very well done. It's very well thought out. It's methodical. And I think that um, don't dive too much into anything about this without watching it first. Yeah. Um, and while you're watching it, I think it's great to, to, to really think in depth about it and notice the little things. Mm-hmm. And that's all I'm going to say. Because it, it's very, very well done. And it very much gives me the same feeling the witch did, which is just that satisfaction. And the only issue I see with that is um, that I don't want to watch them again because I have them built up in my head so much as these great films. I would willingly watch this movie again right now. That, yes, because they're so good, but like... You don't, don't want to spoil the image that you have in your head. Yes, of it. like it's so good. But there are things that I would, if I were to watch this again, love to make more connections. Um, you know, I'm big into going into subreddits after I've watched a movie, and everybody loves this movie. There are a few people who are like, this movie is all hype, but then people are like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. This movie is so great. There's a lot of things that I saw in the threads on the movie that I didn't necessarily see in the first place. Um, The big one there being the spin on the mental illness. I'm trying not to spoil anything, but I think that is definitely a possible explanation at the end of the movie. And while I mentioned it, without giving any more spoilers, like I said, the end of the movie is just, like, heartbreaking and beautiful, and 
it's so climactic without having too much gore. The gore that it has is really impactful. And that's one of my biggest complaints in horror movies, if anybody has listened to multiple podcast episodes, is as much as I love gore and bloody messes in horror movies, I think that in order to make it a very strong horror movie heavy on the thriller side, you have to use your gore and blood very sparingly and make it effective. And I think that... This movie really does that. The yeah. blood that we get packs a punch. The violence that we get packs a punch. It's not... It is senseless, but it's purposeful. But... And we talk about this a lot. Um, this isn't a movie. It's a film. It's a film. Just like The Witch is a film. They're art pieces. They have a deep message. They're, you know... They present everything in a smart manner. You know, Get Out is a movie. You know, mm-hmm. Friday the 13th is a movie. They're fucking incredible. I love them. I love them maybe even more than this, but they're movies. Well, I would argue that Get Out is a film because it has a strong message behind it. But the way it's packaged... It could is be a, argued, yeah. The way that Get Out is packaged is a lot more in your face than the message in The Witch yes. or The Black Coat's Daughter yeah. or, you know, these It are Follows. Very, these are very subtle pieces and they're they're beautiful. And I, and I would group It Follows in with this category of atmospheric horror while Get I mean, while It Follows is way more horror than thriller, mm-hmm. I think it fits in with this ambivalent unseen forces kind of thing. Um that works really well in this movie. Yeah. Um, and honestly, what I take away from both of these, I guess, The Witch included, um, both incredible films, and I would actually love to see Oz Perkins and Robert Eggers work together Collab, yeah. on something. Because I think it could come out as a, an amazing, you know, female-led period piece. Yeah. So, um that's all I have to say about it is it's phenomenal. Yeah, I don't want to spoil anything. Um, Emma Roberts puts on a fantastic performance. They all do. Like I said, there's a great cast of actresses in it. I can't look at her and not see her character from Coven, though. I have a lot of mixed feelings about Emma Roberts. I don't like to support actors and actresses when their personal lives are extremely violent and they spill over into blah, blah, blah. But she's so talented um, it's hard not to like the things that she does. She's extremely, extremely talented. I cannot say it again. And she does a great job in this movie. Um, I know she doesn't... She has a lot of horror experience with things like American Horror Story, but this was her second horror film. So um, I think she does puts a good take on it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if you don't have anything to add... No. I think we're going to wrap this week's episode up. Okay. Um, Amazon Prime... Get yourself some Black Coat's Daughter, if nothing else. Um, I definitely think that should be a required viewing for most people. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that being said, once again, check out our Twitter, WIT Show. You're not even going to score this movie? Oh, I mean, 10 out of 10. You're giving it a 10? No, 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 no. Um, so it's got a 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb and a 68 Metacritic. We had already just decided it was so good that I forgot <laughs> to score it. So... What score are you going to hit it with and be realistic? Eight and a half. I'm going to give it a nine. I wanted to give it a nine, but I thought you would it's tell me so it's... so good. Okay, I'm giving it a nine, too. We'll, we'll settle on an even nine. We're going to give it a nine. Now, let's say six months from now, we remember this movie. Maybe we'll revisit it and give it a different score. But for the time being, I'm giving it a nine. All right. I think you need to watch this and The Witch and it Well, follows. when we do our um, second end of year movie review because at the end of this year it'll be our year and a half mark with this podcast something like that when we go over 
our top 10 movies of the year or whatever and rank them, I cite me right now. I'm telling you, this is going to be in the top five. I agree. I, I Just to go to divert a little bit, if you guys don't listen to The Boogie Monster, it's a really good podcast about the paranormal. What the fuck, but these, dude? These two dudes are comedians. It's really funny. But anyway, he was saying that people come up to him all the time and go, dude, you're in my top six favorite comedians. And he's like, you can just tell me I'm number six. He goes, telling me top six? Nobody has a top six. I'm your sixth. It's okay. <laughs> And you just say, it would be in my top five. Reminded me of that. It was really funny. I wanted to be, like, really cocky and say top three, but there's a lot of good movies coming out this summer. Um, So. (laughs) A lot of good movies coming out. We are going to have to definitely make some time to see some of these big ones coming out. Um, That's it, homie. Yeah, that's it. So we will see you guys next week or never again. Who knows? No, I'm just kidding. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.